Welcome back to the Modern Real Estate Agents with Johnny and Lizzie Phillips. We're just laughing through this because we were just fighting the second before I clicked record. I don't know what she's doing today, guys. She's insane. I'm sorry. I'm not insane. (laughs) (laughs) So we are going to start off this podcast talking about the giveaway that we are doing right now, guys. We are trying to give you money. So please listen. Okay. So our giveaway is if you go and give us a five-star review and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Mm -hmm. then you have to message me on Instagram at Lizzie Grace Phillips and tell me you did it. And then I will enter you guys into winning potentially $150 gift card to Amazon. Yes. And we've had a lot of people already do that. And thank you so much for your reviews. We want to get as many as we can in. Yeah. So if you are listening, take a second to do that. All we want is the podcast to grow in number and help more people. So. Absolutely. Yeah. By rating and reviewing us, you help us do that. So thank you. Without further ado. Oh my gosh. But first, we were late getting the last episode out. Because we were dying. <laughs> we got I food mean, poisoning we're or, all or a stomach bug, but I'm convinced it was food poisoning. So we were late getting the last podcast out because of that reason. It was a day. I'm sure they're okay. No. Their life went on. No. What if they were sitting there by the phone waiting for our podcast? I don't know if anyone ever <laughs> sits by the phone anymore because the phone is with you wherever you go. What is that song? Kiss me through the phone. I don't know why that just popped in my head. And I still don't know what that lyric means. I didn't know then. Kiss I don't me know. through the phone. Yeah. I don't even know who sings it though. Uh, me through the phone. You know the lyric though. Of course I do. You just said I don't know the lyric. No, I don't know. What, I don't know what it means. Oh, I don't know. Oh, what does that lyric mean? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I thought you said I don't know what that lyric. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> today's going to be a fun podcast episode sponsored by two people recovering from food poisoning. Right. Okay. So guys, last week was working with sellers in the spring market. Mm -hmm. And this week is working with buyers in the spring market. Mm -hmm. Um, So we are going to go and jump into that because your time is precious and we appreciate your time. They love our fucking banter. Why you won't let me banter with you today? You can banter all you want. Banter. All right. Banter. Go. Go. (laughs) He's like, back on track, back on track. Give You're your, welcome to give you guys an entertaining podcast. Give today. me your English banter. Let's go. <laughs> oh yeah, banter. What's that from? What's that show? Um, oh, it was uh, too hot to handle. Too hot to handle. They English all, banter. All the English people like they got to have good banter. Johnny's like, what the fuck is banter? I would love to know because I thought English people banter. were very dry and boring. No, it's like it's like it's like messing with each other and what? That doesn't happen. Like, Shooting the breeze. Have you ever like watched anything English people do? <laughs> Trying to think of English people watching and I have English <laughs> friends. I'm just saying. Okay. I'll get us back on track. I'll be the mean one now. Mm, okay. Yes. So <laughs> buyers and sellers in this market are two completely different animals. Yeah. And that is why we always push you guys to work with sellers. That is where you need to be putting your time and your effort, but that's It not, doesn't matter. It, You're going to be working with both. Yes, exactly. Unless you like completely refuse to work with buyers, which I don't think is good for business. No, I, I mean, I know that some people completely refer all their buyers out and that is definitely something you can do. Um, it's a lot less effort and you still can get 25, 30% off that referral. Yeah. But I'm with you on this one. I don't think that's a great way to keep consistent business because those buyers will become sure, sellers. Exactly. And you just pawn them off on someone else. 
Yeah, we get we get a good bit of buyer referrals from mm-hmm. past clients. I got one yesterday, so we get we get a lot of referrals, and I work those. Like, I'm not going to just pass those off to somebody. Yeah, and there's that, a relationship, there's trust there. And how bad does that look for business if you someone refers you just refers someone to you, and you're like, oh yeah, go work with someone else. Yeah. It doesn't make that person feel very good. Everything about that just sounds like a bad idea. Yeah. So we work our buyers ourselves. Um, sometimes if it isn't like a close referral or like if we, we kind of just met someone, mm-hmm. we may hand it off to someone on the team, but. Yeah, but not really. It, it's very rare that we do that. Because I mean, again, your buyers turn into sellers. You've got to foster that re- relationship. Now, if you are doing a sphere and past client mm-hmm. business like we do. You have to foster those relationships. Absolutely. And it's income, right? We're here to make money. So sometimes you got to do the hard things. Absolutely. So would you rather work with a buyer or a seller? A seller. (laughs) I mean, every agent would (laughs) in this market at least. Absolutely. Um, So when you're working with your seller, you are sitting on the throne. People are coming and offering their highest and best and their small, their first You're child to on you. A throne. Okay. <laughs> Literally yeah. in this market, sellers feel like kings. They, that's what they are. They are in the, they are in the position of power. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are the buyer or the buyer's agent, you are jumping through hoops to make this happen. Have you seen, I always bring up memes and I don't know why I bring up memes every week because you guys can't see shit, but there's like these memes of like Barbie that's like the buyer's agent and the listing agent and the the Barbie that's like the buyer's agent's just got like mascara running down her face, her hair's disheveled <laughs> and Barbie just looks like the other Barbie looks perfect. Well, that's what it's like, guys. So be the better Barbie is what we're saying. <laughs> be the, be the well-dressed, not disheveled Barbie. Another shrimp on the Barbie. <laughs> Anyway, um, so yes, but we are talking about working with buyers today because you are going to be working with buyers, hopefully, and you need to know what to do. What is the first thing every buyer needs? Find a lender. Find a lender. Yeah, you're not a buyer if you haven't found a lender and have a letter in your hand. You're not a buyer. You're someone who likes to look at houses. You're a dreamer. Yeah. Um, Yeah, getting a pre-approval letter, guys, and and not a... Make sure I get this right. Not a prequel letter. Not a prequel. Um, because prequels, I could write you a prequel letter. All right. You say, yeah, I've got this. I've got that. I've got this credit score. I don't verify it. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. And, I mean, to be fair on, well, okay. Let me back up for a second and say, first things first, you need to have a preferred lender. 100%. You need to have a preferred lender that you know is incredible at what they do they don't miss their deadlines if it's in their control. If it's their client, if it's the client's fault, there's nothing the lender can do to save anything. But if they are on time with all of their deadlines, you need to find a good preferred lender and you need to learn how to convince your clients to work with this lender because that is the bane of our existence right now for our buyer clients. And you need to you need to learn your scripts of like making sure they know like you're not gonna get any I'm not getting anything out of this. The only thing I'm getting out of this is you closing on a house. Bingo. And like, I struggled with that for a long time. I was like, I want you guys to know I'm not getting a kickback off this. Kickbacks are illegal. I get nothing off this, but you need to work with this person because it's in your best interest. Yeah. Um, Which I think we're going to actually have our preferred lender on sometime soon. Cross your fingers. And she's going to help talk you guys through like what to look for in finding a preferred lender for yourself where you live. We got so lucky being hooked up with her because if, if I was just an agent... And you said, go find a preferred lender. <laughs> what would that mean? Like, yeah. how would I know? 
I get approached by lenders all the time. I get a new friend request almost every day from a lender. And I'm like, I, I'm not giving you business. I don't, yeah. I don't know you. Even, even if I did know you, why, what would make you a preferred lender? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if you were my friend, how am I supposed to know that you're going to do a better job than anybody else? Exactly. And like, unfortunately, sometimes it is trial and error. And sometimes it is like, hey, your client's going to come to you with a lender or they know someone and you just, you do find a lender that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've been with the same preferred lender for five years. And why do we keep her? Why is she better than everyone else? She's never missed a deadline for me. She's never missed a deadline for me. Does she pick up after hours? Yes. And I mean, can she do an eight business day close? Which yes. by the way is insane. <laughs> so like, I mean, we've, we've been with her with several different companies, but now where she's at, like we exclusively want our clients to work with her. We can't yes. exclusively recommend her, but that's who we want them to work with. Absolutely. And you just, I mean, it's all in how you present the lender to them. But I would say lender obviously is the very first step for your buyers. If you are taking clients out and you do not have a pre-approval letter in your hand, you are wasting your time. You're not an agent. I don't know what you're doing. I mean, just set the expectation up front. Like I'm so like, and I had someone that was a referral to us recently that gave me a lot of pushback about getting pre-approved. And I I knew they were going to get pre-approved. It wasn't that I knew that they they couldn't. Like I, I was very sure that they could. But you are never 100% sure. No. And so like at least getting, and I t- like what I ended up compromising with this person was like, look, I'll go ahead and set up some showings with you. And, and I do believe that you guys, because you, I knew who this person was through somebody. I was like, I don't believe that you guys can't afford this. It's not it at all. It's a, let me talk you through this scenario. We go and see this house. Your lender, I don't know them. They wanted to use a lender that they used in the past. I don't know how long it takes for them to get me a pre-approval letter. Is it going to take three days? If we go and see this house and you fall in love, houses are not staying on this market. Mm-hmm. And so we have to have something. I said, can you, cause she just didn't want her credit to be run until they knew for sure. Like they were going to go buy right now, which I get, like I wouldn't want my credit pulled unnecessarily. I mean, that makes sense. But in this market, you can't, you can't approach it like that. No. It won't work. And so I was like, can you at least have a conversation with him and get the ball rolling, get him all the documents that he's going to need. And then as soon as we find the right house, say, go pull my credit, mm-hmm. like right then and there. And then we've got that letter done. Cause like, I mean, they can give him and it all just depends on if they have a relationship with this lender or not, they could give an approximate range of, of what they're at and Anyways, but that's a very discerning situation right? where I, it was a lot of unique circumstances. But in, in, in the past, I mean, someone else, I don't know, reached out to me and was like, Hey, you know, I've got someone who's looking to buy. I'm like, okay, awesome. The first step's going to be getting them in touch with a lender. Like that's just my go-to step. I don't say anything else. If you're not willing to talk to a lender, why am I going to waste my time? Absolutely. I mean, otherwise it's a field trip. And I know that some people hate, uh, I, I've read on Facebook some agents don't agree or don't like when we compare ourselves to other professions like lawyers or doctors. But when you go into these people's offices, they don't help you until you give them insurance or a form of funding, unless you are in a Delby, in which case. Oh, <laughs> that was good. Thanks. Thanks, babe. If you guys know what he's talking about, you know what he's talking about. Right. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, these people ask for proof up front. Okay. They're not going to put you on an operating table without some kind of insurance or some kind of financing in place. So why is this any different? We're yeah. talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars for a house. How is it any different? Mm-hmm. 
So know, know your worth. Like, and, and say someone gives you enough pushback, like, I'm not getting a pre-approval or I'm not sending proof of funds, drop them. That is a waste of your time. You are wasting time. I don't care if they end up buying with someone else one day. They may not. And you don't want to be the agent that's the may not who's taken them to see 30 homes. <laughs> I mean, God. I, yeah. hundred percent. I don't know why that gets me so annoyed that agents do that. <laughs> I don't think I've ever, ever done a showing without like at least some kind of a verification. Well, I think when we first got started, it was a little different. Yeah. I mean, the market's a whole lot harder now. You can't submit an offer without a pre-approval. What would you do if you got an offer without a pre-approval? I don't even know. I, I, think, I honestly haven't gotten one. No, no, of course not. Because that's insane. Yeah. I, I don't know what I would do. Yeah. Like, I, would, I would say, please try again when you have a pre-approval. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've had agents forget to attach them and I just respond and say, hey, do you have a pre-approval for them? Like, and guys, this is a listing thing. I won't go into this rabbit hill. Never mind. Okay, there it is. Okay. Uh, did I say rabbit tail? You did. We were just going, going to move on. rabbit tail? Lucky rabbit's foot? <laughs> I have, rabbit trail is what I was going for. Well, I was thinking about the lucky rabbit's foot that I bought at a quarter machine at the dairy spot in Claremont, Georgia. It was green. Wow. That was a really good story. Thanks. That, that, that was not good. <laughs> <laughs> um, set expectations up front, guys. This is our second point. Uh, when you are talking to your potential buyers, you need to tell them they are in a tough situation from the start. Mm-hmm. Okay. You need to talk to them about being in multiple offer situations. They need to know that that's going to happen. Okay. They are going to be offering above asking price. It's going to happen. I, I I haven't run numbers recently, but last yeah. time I did, it was 101% list price average. Mm-hmm. I mean... And then they're going to need to absorb as many costs as they possibly can in their offer. Yeah. So what does that look like? I mean, it's just, it really is like insane out there where, and and when I meet with buyers, you know, I, I am honest with them and I let them know like, look, this is going to be hard. Mm-hmm. I, I have to let you know this up front. This is going to be a hard situation that we're in. It is a seller's market. You know, you need to just set that expectation because if they're going into it and you're saying like, oh yeah, we can help you. No big deal. We'll for sure find you something. They think this is going to be easy. It's not going to be a hard process. That it's is going not, to be smooth. Yeah. You have to go ahead and pre-prepare, pre-prepare them. <laughs> Prepare them? Pre-prepare is, that's a lot of pre's. Well, You need to prepare before the prepare. Okay. All right. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Okay. Fine. Yeah. And they need to know like ahead of time that this is just not going to be something that's easy. No. I mean, the odds of them getting the first offer is very slim. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, there are tactics that you can do as an agent to make your offer stand out. And we're going to go over those, but they need to know that this is going to be tough. Yeah. Um, 100%. I've, I've found any time that I don't do a buyer's consult, whether or not the person has purchased a home before or is a first time home buyer, not doing this expectations buyer's consult always ends in having issues in the transaction. Yeah. Doing a buyer's consultation and a listing consultation, all of them are so important because it just clears the air. Yeah. Answers all the You're questions. All on the same page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've just, I've found that that really helps a lot. When I make sure that I do that, I make sure I do it really well. I take the time. Mm-hmm. I never skip that step now. It is it is worth the 30, 45 minutes you're going to put yeah. into it. You will save hours of work down the road. Yes. 
Um, uh, oh, I wanted to mention, but there's a light side to this coin. Okay. I would also coach your clients to know that there's always another house. I, I feel like I say that to, to clients a lot is even if you don't get this house, that's okay. It may look like this is your golden perfect house. Yeah. But it may not be. And I mean, people are going to walk away and be like, well, then should I not buy right now? And like, then there's other ways to refute that and say, no, I mean, interest rates are still historically mm-hmm. low. Yeah, they've gone up some and they're continued to, they're going to continue to go up. But wouldn't you rather buy now while they're still pretty low? We uh-huh. don't know how high they're going to get one day. God, could you imagine if we went back to those double digit days? I don't know. That would be insane. I don't know what would happen to our economy. Yeah. It would tank. Well, I mean, I mean <laughs> but I was, the I people would, who bought houses, maybe not. I, I would start putting my money in the bank. But then. making sure that you do, do give them hope, do give them positivity and say, you know what, even though this is going to be a hard process, I, I mean, I'm going to be here yeah. for you the entire time. I always get my clients homes. Obviously people are winning. People are still moving. Yeah. People are getting homes. It, it just may take one or two or three or 10 tries. Mm-hmm. Hopefully not 10. Yeah. So what can you do to really set your, well, I guess this is point number three. Three? I think we're on three. You should really number these from now on. Should I? Yeah. Okay. If we're going to do points, you better number them. Whatever. <laughs> Winning the bidding war. Yeah. All right. How do you win in these multiple offer situations? Yeah. What do you do? So, I mean, that's, that's something that you have to learn in your market mm-hmm. specifically, what is helping get offers one. Um, you know, a lot of times you can network with other agents. If you're a listing agent and you, you'll see offers come in with unique things and you're like, hmm, I'm going to put that away in my toolkit for real for things to do next time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really making sure that you're doing something to stand apart. So yes. specifically with like calling the other agent, find out what that seller's motivation is. That what is do they have to have in that contract? So important. Yes. Because if your clients can't even meet what they have to have in that contract, you're wasting your time. Absolutely. Um, for a long time, we were just always starting off the conversation with, do you need a lease back? All right. Before they said a word, because that was so common. People needed a lease back because they didn't know where they were going or they needed more time to get there. I don't feel like I've seen that as much recently as we did for a while. Like it, I felt like every single contract I saw had a lease back. Needed a lease yeah. back. Yeah. I haven't seen as many sellers needing them. Mm-mm. I think a lot more and more nervous to even do that now that they've already got something figured out most sure. of the time. Right. Um, but, but I have seen some, some need it and some yeah. get it. We had a seller need it and get it recently. I mean, if, if you're a seller and you need it, you're going to get it. Oh, anything you need as a seller, <laughs> you're going to get. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I've seen people offer to pay for moving companies to come through. Tacos. <laughs> seen the yes, funniest tacos. things on contracts. Um, Sometimes those things can like set you apart and the seller just likes you. That's and they're important. like, you know what? It's a great offer. It's a solid offer. It's fun. It's funny. Like, And getting them to like you is important. Yeah. Because if it comes down between $1,000, $2,000. They may go with yours. They may do it for yeah. sure. It's not always about money. And I think that's the most important thing is figuring out what they want. Yeah. And fig- yeah, I mean, obviously the listing agent's going to tell you it's money is important because it is for everybody who's, mm-hmm. I mean, who wouldn't take a $20,000 over offer oh, over another one? Of course, everyone of course. is going to be willing to do that. But maybe, maybe they won't take a 10000 over because they can't do a lease back. And I mean, maybe they, 
I don't want to say I only want to sell to a certain kind of person because that um, violates fair housing laws, but they certainly don't want to sell to an investor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, some some people, they, they don't necessarily want to sell to a big institution and you can tell that by who the buyer is. Yep. You know, they want to sell to an individual. And I think that a seller reserves that right. Oh, I don't think completely. that violates anything. No, I think that if that was going to be a problem, then the law should say these have to be double blind. Yeah. You know? Let's talk about love letters for a second. This is a hot topic. This is controversial. It is. It's against the law. And, yeah. It? I mean, it's a ve- it's very gray. That's the mm-hmm. problem is it's it's a very gray issue. I don't get them very often anymore on my listings. Like I get them one out of 10 now. And if your offer sucks, it doesn't matter usually. No, that has to accompany a good offer. Yeah. Like that's not going to send a crappy offer to the top. No, because like we got one with our listing we did recently. And of course, like, and I always tell them, look, if you send a photo, I'm not sending this to my clients. Like that's literally in violation. Yeah, no, photos are bad. Um, but if you send a letter and there's nothing that is identifying information in it, I'll send it to my, my, my sellers to read. I have to mm-hmm. present everything to my clients, unfortunately. Um, and like, of, of course the, the wife was like, Oh, I just like this family. And I'm like, do you like them for $20,000? Like, do you like them $20,000 enough? <laughs> She's like, no. Okay, good. Cause I don't, I don't like them $20,000 $20, enough. <laughs> heartless, heartless. I don't care. $20,000 is a lot of money. I mean, I would not leave $20,000 on the table. No. No chance. No okay, chance. How much I like someone's damn letter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, sorry. Mm-hmm. I have a heart. But then I've also had other clients where somehow we got like multiple letters on the same house. Gosh. It was so hard. And thankfully, the two highest offers were, they both had letters, but they were both like so hard for my client to decide between but they went with the highest offer. So you can submit a nice letter all day long, mm-hmm. but the highest offer is going to win, guys. I mean, we submitted a killer letter once for a house that we bid on. Oh my God, it was, yeah, it was a really good letter. You're going to start crying? No, I'm not going to start crying. You cried when you lost the I house? I did, I was pregnant. <laughs> That's true. I did, was pregnant and didn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> Just crying. I was so upset, but then we found like, and this is, I always use our story for other people too. It's like, I thought I had found my dream house. Like this was the house Mm -hmm. we needed forever and ever. I love this house. And we didn't get it. We didn't get it twice. That was the worst part. It had fallen out of contract and we didn't get it twice. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. But we weren't willing to like, they were waving appraisals of like $50,000. And we were like, we can't, we can't do that. Like we have submitted, we were like always number two, number two for the first time Mm -hmm. and number two for the second time. I mean, we went up and over, but. There was only so much we but could wait. I always it. tell my clients, like, look, when something doesn't work out, like this is a sign. This is some kind of a sign that something out there is going to be better. I have never had a scenario where someone was disappointed with the house that came along more than the one that they lost out on. Absolutely. So just make sure you give your clients that like reassurance and hope mm-hmm. and just say, look, I don't know. I am so like, I'm like oddly, not superstitious, but I really do believe that like the right house comes to the right people. Uh, it's weird. I've had it happen so many times where I'm like, there's no way they're going to get this house. Like we've submitted our best offer, but like they're not getting it. And they do. They do. They, you can do it. The universe works in mysterious ways. <laughs> the universe. Or whatever you believe. It could be the flying spaghetti monster. Maybe. Could be. 
Uh, I feel like I had one more point here. Sorry, I talk, I've been talking a lot today. I know. Why do you talk so much? Mm-hmm. Um, da, 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 da. I think that's all for, yeah. for that point. So looking off market, mm-hmm. okay, this is something that I have done with buyers and I kind of backed into it. This isn't something that I meant to do, but I was going through our, um, our Red X trying to pick up some. Oh, I just like almost knocked my mic wow. off the table. Yeah. Trying to pick up some sellers on some things. And what I did oh, was, yeah. was I would find properties and I was like, Hey, I'm, I have a buyer who, who needs a property just like this. Yeah. So I was able to link them up before mm-hmm. it even hit the market. I just set it up right there. You did one recently that was like, and we may have talked about this. I always say this in case we've already talked about it. That was like, it was an individual. Mm-hmm. It was a for sale by owner mm-hmm. and they hadn't even closed on the house yet. Oh yeah, absolutely. So they had, they were buying a new construction and change like their plans changed, but they didn't, they decided not to back out of the contract because they st- stood to gain a good bit of equity because yep. the market had just increased so much since when they put it in a contract. So Johnny found this for sale by owner and was like, Hey, I actually think I have the right buyer for this. Um, and connected it. And then it ended up appraising even 60 more. 60? I think it was 60. No chance. Are you sure? No way was it 60. I mean, it was a good bit. It was like at least 20,000 more. Oh no, it was much more than that. Okay, whatever. Either way, it was a lot more than what even this guy was selling it for. So like you can find your clients deals mm-hmm. for sale by owner specifically. Oh, oh, you mean over appraisal? Yeah. Oh. No, I was talking about your client getting it for like, like it appraised higher oh, yeah. no, than what he absolutely. was buying it for. Yeah. Not what the, the seller was selling it for way more than he paid for it. Yes. No, I think we paid 60 more than he paid but for it. But even, yeah. Yeah. You guys paid 60 yes. more. But yes. But like, it's still appraised way more than mm-hmm. what this guy was asking for. Absolutely. So yeah, you can find, I mean, just today, Johnny commented on an agent's post that we know and was like, oh yeah. It was they like, were looking for a house and Johnny was like, well, I've got one coming soon. And, and I just got sworn. Like multiple people at one time. <laughs> like, reached, Contact me. Give me the deets. Yeah. I'm like, well, okay, people guys, calm down. Like, so he's like, well, it's going on market. So like, you're not getting an off market deal. No. Mm-mm. But you guys can, you can find them, them but, sometimes. And you can, and you can sometimes get them with other agents. So if they're, if other agents aren't skilled enough or if their clients like don't really want to have to deal with showings, they may be willing to just do one showing and sell. Yeah. It. It's up to the client at that point. But if the client really is hesitant about having people come to their house and doing the whole thing, then yeah, they may be more prone to do the off market kind of pocket mm-hmm. deal. Um, but you brought up social media. I see agents do this all the time. They put up buyer needs. Now I, I think that they're fishing for sellers at that point is what I'm imagining. I mean, technically they are, but I really do think right now they are trying to find yeah. houses for well, their clients. I mean, I've never had it work personally. I mean, it's it's a thing to do. You never know who's going to read that post and say, you know what? I was thinking about selling my house and yeah. and it looks just like what you're looking for. Let's let's talk. Yeah. I mean, I've heard of it working sometimes. It hasn't, I haven't been super successful at it. We'll do better. Well. That's all I have to say. I mean, it's really lucky. <laughs> There's a lot of luck involved that like this exact house in this for exact real. area that you might have someone, but. I mean, and, hey, if you get desperate enough, do anything. Yeah. I see people putting out letters a lot. Uh, I don't know who reads those letters or who even responds to those letters. Um, but I... Oh. I think door, mock, door knocking is more effective than sending out a mass letter saying, hey, I have someone wanting to be in your neighborhood. I think so. We get those all the time. All the time. I, and I love door knocking. I think door knocking is great. You yeah. should be door knocking. Yeah. 
People know you. They know your face. They Which know you working. that's one of your points, door knocking. It is. <laughs> you need to be door knocking. I'm going door knocking later today. You are. With I'm, our child in tow. If can, he decides to nap. I don't know if y'all can hear him in the background. I can hear him screaming. I don't know. Well, maybe he's talking about <laughs> nuggies. <laughs> Kid loves nuggies. Hope you guys enjoyed his little annoying appearance last week. <laughs> oh, I forgot. He was our special guest. <laughs> Constant communication. Constant contact. Yes. Um, that is... I think we touched about this last week. We did. Too. We said stay over communicate. Yeah. Over communicate. You guys have to be over communicating with everybody. If you're, especially your first time home buyer. Uh, no, you said asbestos. Asbestos. <laughs> that was like a joke from, you know, as a joke, just being a realtor. Um, especially with your first time home buyers, guys, they are so anxious. They have no idea what's going on. Mm -hmm. They don't know what this process looks like. You do this every day, all day long. They've never done this before. So like I always prepare my clients for that in between, you know, in the very beginning of a contract, you're in constant communication with them, the other agent, you're figuring out inspections, repairs, due diligence, all that. And then due diligence ends and it's like, mm -hmm crickets radio silence for There's the next like 20 nothing days for you to communicate about pretty much the whole time so like one like every couple days once a week i always touch base and i say hey just touching base mm -hmm. making sure you don't need anything from me and i do this with like not even not only my first time home buyers but like all my buyers because they, they just need to know you're thinking about them absolutely you're in touch with their lender and just say this is the weird time in between when we have due diligence and we're waiting for the appraisal to come back and then closing where I'm out of the deal a little bit more and it's more on your lender. And I know we said this last week, but the number one complaint people have about real estate agents is no communication. Lack of communication. So be the better agent. Be the person people are going to refer and say, this person was on top of it. They told me everything that was happening, even if it didn't matter. I felt like I was part of it. Something as well that I want to just mention about communication that you guys need to be doing. And, and this again could be something specific to our contracts, but you, and this goes back to lender. You need to be in communication with the lender and finding out how long do my clients have for a financing contingency? If they're even going to have one, find a lender yes. that can get them to not have a financing contingency. How long is it taking for your appraisals to come back? Mm -hmm. That's something we're just running up against. And so just making sure you're communicating ahead of time with whoever the lender is going to be for this contract, making sure you're both on the same page because that can save you amendments down the road, your clients losing earnest money, different things like that. So just making sure you are communicating with everybody in this contract at all times. And I coach one of our agents in particular, and I remember his first contract. I was like, so before we fill out these numbers, you talk to the, the lender, right? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, no, you talked to the lender, right? Yeah, yeah. I need you to tell me you spoke to the lender and these are the numbers the lender gave you. Like, this is how long I need for the, these contingencies. It's so important to have those. Did he actually have it? God, I hope so. Oh, okay. I mean, I asked him six times. Okay, so. okay. I was like, where are you going with this story? Did he no, not? I'm no, like, we no, got to talk. We did, we did so. not screw that up. But no. it's important to use those numbers because yeah. it's, they're different for everyone, our preferred lender. Have it done in eight days, like a miracle worker. Well, I know, and that's the thing genie. is like, I know her consistency that I can, I can write my offers now when she's the lender. I oh, know, sure. I, I know without a doubt, she's going to be able to hit these numbers for financing and appraisals. But if you're working with someone you've never heard of, you have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, in fact, okay. I hate to keep saying our preferred lender, 
But we had to switch one of our clients over to her last year because they were oh, under yeah. contract. And I know exactly what you're talking about. This bank, okay, oh, yeah. this bank didn't even order the appraisal and we're halfway through the contract. Yeah. So it was crazy because we had like a, it was like a good 45 day close. Like it was insane. And, I was losing my mind. And we finally, well, we finally found out from the lender that they were like, oh, no one's going to be able to do this appraisal because, That's right. because it was like a specific type of house. And we're like, it's, it's a it, was, it, was it was a circle. It, it was, was an octagon yeah, or right. whatever. Octagonal. Yeah. Whatever it was, but apparently this this bank would not let just any appraiser go and appraise it, and we were like, "That's weird. I've never had that issue mm-hmm. ever in the past that a specific appraiser wouldn't do this." And then, and then they were able to find someone. It was going to be like a month or two before they could even get it back. And when we looked at the reviews on this appraiser, it was like, "Don't use this appraiser. They appraised it low. They're out of state. Like all this crap." So we were like, "Guys." We gain nothing by you switching to this lender other than it getting closed. Please you really need to have this. a conversation with her. And we closed it and like met the deadline before we were even ready. Yes. And we were still, we were already in the contract at least two weeks. Gosh. And she still met the closing. It appraised, no issues, I no mean, weird appraiser had to come out. Like It was great. And so I get an email from this bank and they're like, hey, we just want to touch base and see what we could have done better. And I was like, well, met the contract dates would have been great. You know, we have this other person who got this thing done in days. And they were like, what? Yeah. How, <sighs> how do you do that? I don't know. I don't know. Figure That's it out. my That's lane. Not, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it can be done and you're obviously not doing it. So yeah. you need to, like, this was the director of their mortgage company who contacted me. Yeah. And they're like, how did she do that? I'm like, I don't know, but you this should know. It's not my job to know these things. Right? I just I mean, work with the best. I know. So all that to say, working with a bank and working with a mortgage lender, two totally different things. Yeah. Okay. Banks, they handle a lot of different things. Mortgage lenders have one lane and mm. they, they are fast. They're like speed skaters. Okay. Yeah. I'm not saying banks don't get it done. They obviously do. Yeah. But if I had to choose one, I'd go with the mortgage lender. Yeah. Like a mortgage company. Yeah. Yep. Is this our last point? It is. Okay. So the last point guys is be of value. Um, you remember you were working with a buyer um, and really you're doing the legwork when you're the buyer's agent. So mm-hmm. obviously you're doing something of value, but the problem you're running into and we are all running into is people are trying to shut down buyer agency. Mm-hmm. Okay. They don't want buyers working with agents. They don't want to pay your commissions. Mm-hmm. All right. Some people I read on Facebook last night, uh, they're trying to get away with, they're trying to do away with. MLS regulation that you have to put in a buyer's commission at all to put in a listing mm-hmm. because now you have to, you have to put something there and they're like, did nah. they get that pass? I don't, I don't remember. I don't, I've been seeing a lot of buzz about it, but it's something in the news. I didn't read enough about it. I know. I, 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 it's been a week or two since I saw it. So I don't know. It's something to, to look into for sure. But yeah, guys, buyer agent commissions are going away. They, I mean, like it's gonna, it's gonna happen. It's scary. It's scary. Which and, and and it scares me on a few levels. One for buyers agents, two for buyers, because you genuinely do need someone representing you. Imagine if you're a buyer and you don't have any representation, you don't know what you're doing, and you walk up to the seller's agent. Okay. Yeah, they're gonna get you to pay the most possible and they're gonna mm-hmm. tell you whatever they have to tell you to get you to buy that house. Mm-hmm. And you have they no do not idea. Work for you. They're not no. working on your behalf. Mm-hmm. Like 
That yeah, that's something that it scares me for our industry. But it's hard. I mean, you got to convince someone. Hey, can you pay this out of pocket or increase the purchase price? And with appraisals already low, like it's so tough. I mean, you're asking. You could be asking your client. Hey, I just need you to pay three percent on top of what you planned on paying, which is a down payment. Exactly. That could be their entire down payment. Yeah. So it's just something to think about. We're not trying to be Debbie Downers, but like be realistic. You guys do want to be listing agents. Like I had someone on, again, on Facebook, I was making the point, every good agent needs to be working on being a listing agent because being a buyer's agent is going to go away. And he was just up in my face about it. Like, you'll know what you're talking about. Yada, yada. And I'm like, I don't know what signs you're reading. I don't, I don't know. The writing is on Have the wall. Have you not seen the commissions changing in the I mean, MLS? right. Um, we actually, which, and some, you will find those people that they seek your value. Um, mm-hmm. one of our agents, she was working with a buyer and they were just striking out as a lower price point. Couldn't find anything. Well, he found an off market deal through a friend of a friend. They were like connected and the seller was trying to cut her out of it. And he, he was like, no, I signed an agreement with her. I want someone representing me. He pulled her into the contract and he is paying her commission cash. I mean, to have her part of it. Guys, that is amazing. Obviously, this client saw the value in having an agent. Mm-hmm. And there is a value in having an agent because if you have two people off the street that don't know how to do this, I mean, they don't who's even, gonna, I mean, who's going to do it? Exactly. Like, who's working the contract? And you, if you're going to hire a closing attorney to do it, you're going to be paying them by the hour. Like that's something you guys can use as a script, but it's just... Uh, yeah. It makes me nervous. I don't know what's going to be the solution to this. Something to to think about, but... Or you're just going to have to take a lower commission. Gosh. <laughs> it is what it is. I hope not. I really hope not. But but what happened to, to Jessica? Can we say yeah, Jessica? Yeah, Jessica. Um, I mean, that could be the future of buyer agency. Like mm-hmm. you're going to have to say, okay, yeah, I want to help you, but you're just going to have to pay me on top of it. Sorry, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Um, God, that's going to suck it's for first really, time home buyers. It's really going to suck. Yeah. That's who's going to hurt the most. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So all that to say, earn your commission. All right. Make sure you're present, make sure you're communicating and that they know that you are working for them. Mm-hmm. All right. If you're just there to open up doors, then, I mean, op- open doors, figure that out. They can do that remotely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Make sure to put yourself above that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. We're going to start wrapping this up. Um, what's your question of the day? Mm, question. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, please go first. Okay. Um, what is something that you have learned this week? Oh my gosh, I can hear a child crying now. Learned? Yeah, what's something you've learned this oh week? Oh my God. Oh, okay. Not going to be something that you care about, but okay. I was listening to that uh, webinar. Do we use that word anymore? Webinar? Is that what you call them? <laughs> I don't them? know. Yeah, sure. I don't know. On a probate court. And I learned that even if you have a will, with a will or without a will, everyone's going to probate court. Really? Yep. But if you go to probate court with a will, then at least it gets wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, done. And you can move on. Oh. And everyone goes, no matter what. I didn't know that. That's right. Well, thank you for educating us. And that may be just in the state of Georgia. Could be. But yeah. in the state of Georgia. Interesting. That's what happens. All right. Go. Am I saying one thing I learned this week? Yeah. Yeah. Just repeat that. It's a good one. <laughs> Uh, yep. Oh man, I haven't, I didn't prepare for this myself. <laughs> oh, that's always the best. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, going back to Anna Del- Delvey. Delvey. 
I've learned a lot about how to swindle some people out of some money. <laughs> I mean, right? Flash money and people, I mean, you can distract them from anything. I'm like, that is so, in, I, I don't know. I haven't learned anything because obviously I would never do that myself, but like learned anything about like really how to do it. Whatever. We're swindling these people right now. They don't even know. <laughs> yeah, we're taking your money <laughs> from our free podcast. <laughs> no, but it, it it made me think about the circles that you associate in. Mm, that's that's good. Yeah. And how like you really can portray yourself in any light you want. Like these people believe she was an heiress. Like <laughs> okay, Can we take a week and just try that? Just go around telling people, listen, we, we weren't talking about it for a long time, but my name is John William Phillips the third, kind of a big deal in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the son of a sheep farmer, <laughs> the sheep. greatest sheep farmer in all of, all of Scotland. <laughs> we have giant mounds of sheep fur. What do you, wool. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I feel like we've just been learning a lot about how to be a really shitty person and take other people's money. I, mean, I feel so bad for these people that we're taking advantage of, but like, I know. okay, here's our lesson for you guys today. Don't give people money. <laughs> right. Oh my. Unless you've met, literally like met their family, met their background, known them for a long time. Like don't give a friend money. See, we're big believers in, in helping people. Like, we are. We love helping poor people. And I help people with no expectation, expectation of getting anything in return. Or expectation. I Any mean, that, expectation. That's, that's a word. As best as expectation. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, so yeah, help poor people. All right. I live by that. Don't help rich people. Yes. If a rich person that you think is rich asks you for money, don't give it to them. Something's wrong. Something What's is afoot. What's the like Nigerian prince scams? Oh, this is a good one. I, I, someone told me a story recently. I don't want to give any d defining information. They work at a bank and they do like recovery stuff. I don't know, asset recovery. Mm -hmm. And they had a client who they noticed was sending large sums of money to Nigeria. No way. And I'm pretty sure it was Nigeria. And eventually they like brought her in. They brought her daughter in and they were like, you know, this is a scam. Like this is a scam. Like we shown you, showing you this, this number. And she's like, yeah, I know, but I already told myself I would give them at $200,000. I would stop. Uh, what? Craziness. Yeah. Something like that along those lines. But I was like. <gasps> Someone just retired. They hit the jackpot and they retired. Could you imagine how much money that is over there? I, oh and they're God. probably not the only person that this person's doing it to. Jeez. Why aren't we scammers? Because we would not be able to sleep at night. I could sleep. You could not. I mean, not well, but yes. I could. You I would. can't sleep as it is. It depends on if the sheets I got were made of kittens. Oh my gosh. <laughs> for the few of you that will laugh at this comment. Okay. We're going to sign off for the day and let you guys get after it. Go, Go do some legion. Listings. That's the deal. Legion. All right. Peace out. Bye.